The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Ah, great to be back with you on the airwaves here. We're going to cover a lot of thoroughbred racing today. Uh, up first, my first guest uh, will be uh, Michael Blowen, the founding member of Old Friends Thoroughbred Retirement Facility. I'm going to get the chance to spend uh, Labor Day with him as we earn money for that fantastic uh, program. Uh, then, uh, as far as handicap is concerned, I'm bringing in two experts, uh, Rich Eng, who's the turf writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal uh, and the Daily Racing Forum. And actually, uh, th- this kind of touches me a little bit. Uh, he was the author of a book that is inspired by yours truly. The name of that book, Handicapping for Dummies. Also, we're going to wind it up. we got a big quarter horse race on a Labor Day, and I'm bringing in the expert, uh, Pete Aiello, who is a quarter horse guru. Well, a lot of great racing. Before we get to that, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the Ryder Colony, and, uh, well, a lot of them made the headlines this week, uh, some for very good reasons and some not so good. Um, we'll start with Kent DeSormo. Uh, he, I guess... According to him, he thought he was playing a joke, but the the joke was on him. Um, he's been charged and was arrested at Saratoga with re- reckless endangerment. Uh, apparently, uh, he uh, was coming out of the, the parking lot and came very close to, to hitting a, a Pinkerton guard who was giving directions. Uh, he thought he was just goofing around, but the Pinkerton didn't, and he spent about 45 minutes in what he called a tiny cage. Of course, DeSormos uh, was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2004. Um, he's won the Derby three times, the Preakness twice, the Belmont Stakes. He's won three Eclipse Awards, uh, so uh, ho- hopefully he can get beyond this. I will say, though, when he retires, uh, I do want to be his new agent, and that is for doing voiceovers on Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, another jack in the news for the wrong reasons, uh, Tyler Bays. Uh, he's been uh, suspended indefinitely. Um, a couple uh, weeks back, he uh, was suspected of uh, drinking, and he was tested. He was uh, now suspended indefinitely because he refused to submit. He didn't refuse. He failed the random breathalyzer test ordered. Uh, he missed three days of racing uh, back in mid-August after failing a breathalyzer, and as a result, uh, he had to submit to the uh, breathalyzers. I mean, Bayes, he's a, an amazing talent from a great family. Uh, you know, we, we just had the 
tragic loss of the promising Michael Bays. Uh, let, let's let's hope that uh, Tyler, he's only 28 years old, can. Uh, as we like to say, get back on the right track. Uh, also, uh, here in the Midwest, there's a jockey we'd like to see uh, get back on the track very soon, and that's jockey Richard Gilliard. Um, he's rode mostly at Hoosier Park. He was known primarily as a quarter horse race, uh, racer. Um, he had a severe head trauma, m- multiple fractures, and a spill. After a really freakish race, it was a quarter horse race, and for some reason, this horse veered uh, off the track and into the rail as if he was going back into the paddock, and, and he hit some kind of power line or power pole. Uh, again, uh, severe head trauma. Supposedly, according to his sister, Regina, he is progressing, so we'll send some good vibes out to Richard Gilliard. As we will, one of the really good guys in the sport, Willie Martinez, uh, in Friday's third race at Presque Isle Downs, um, he uh, had a little problem there, and he's had to have minor surgery again on Sunday to have a tube inserted uh, when a CT scan revealed damage to one of his lungs uh, that it was worse than originally thought. Uh, according to his agent, Doug Davis, it was a fairly simple procedure. Yeah, they're always fairly simple when they're not doing the procedure on you. The good news is Martinez may be released from the hospital on Wednesday, and they're thinking positive enough that he could be back up by the last week of the meet. Here's one great blast from the past. Many people remember Robbie Davis. Uh, He won more than 3,000 races. Well, Robbie's taken to training, and uh, since then he's been getting up on his horses, and he's also since then had a partial knee replacement that was done last December. Now, uh, you know, he wants to make a comeback at 50. Uh, He's been away from the races for quite a while, but, you know, he just, uh, he says he he has the passion to do it. And as we know, there's there's many a good rider uh, that's riding past 50, and uh, he's got the passion to do it. He wants to come back, and... uh, you know, this is a guy that, that's won races like the Jockey Cup Gold Cup, or the Champagne, the Arlington Million, the Beverly Dill D, and the Meadowlands Cup. Well, we, we wish him luck. He's going to send his first horse to post on Sunday, uh, Sandy in the Sun, up at uh, Saratoga. He's a one-man band. Uh, he pretty much does it all. He's uh, he's the trainer, the groom, the hot walker, the exercise rider. So good luck to Robbie Davis uh, on his uh, return to the races. Um, a guy that uh, has never stopped racing, there's a great feature story on him uh, in uh, the Friday Racing Forum, is one Scoot and Boot Perry Utes. Uh, Marty McGee wrote a nice story on him. Uh, as you know, uh, Perry uh, r- likes to ride primarily right around Cincinnati. Uh, right now he's the leading rider here by a phenomenal amount. Uh, he's, this year he's passed his 5,700 winner at the age of 57. Uh, when you look at the... Uh, the company he keeps right now he's the 18th leader rider in the history of the sport and as far as active riders uh there's only three guys ahead of him right now and that's russell bays edgar Prado, and mario pino so uh perry keeping himself in good company and you know he did it the hard way as john lennon would say a working man's hero is something to be he did it on the blue collar circuit a guy that's broke what he says 35 to 40 broken bones still gets up every day and does it so great story if you get to catch it tomorrow in the daily racing forum let's get on to uh, last week's uh, racing there was some fantastic racing we, we started on the east coast ended up on the west of course uh the big story that uh, almost overshadowed the travers was the comeback of uncle mo 
and it, a fantastic comeback it was. Uh, I would say about uh, 30 yards from the wire, it looked like Uncle Mo was going to get it done. You know, he came back from that uh, very serious liver disorder. He recouped at Windstar Farm. Uh, my hat's off to, to Todd Pletcher. Uh, but nonetheless, if you were listening to the show last week, uh, this handicapper here gave out a horse by the name of Caleb's Posse who was the closer. The race absolutely set up. Uh, a, a beautiful ride by Rajiv Marat, who kind of kept him down on the inside, swung out five wide into the lane, and this was a nail-biter. You had to wait for the photo to come up, and it was Caleb's posse getting the job done. But again, you know, hats off to Todd Pletcher, uh, turning around Uncle Mo from Sirs, uh, you know, sickness, we shall say, not an injury, uh, to, to get him back. But, you know, Fletcher wasn't hanging his head too long. Uh, there was a horse by the name of Stay Thirsty that was competing in the Midsummer Derby, the Traverse Stakes. Uh, again, uh, he was our pick last week. Uh, he was impressive in the Jim Dandy, and he was very impressive in the Travers. Uh, pretty much uh, Xavier Castellano may have won this race. Uh, he went out there. Uh, with Shackelford, and he wasn't going to let the Preakness winner get an easy lead. He kind of forced him into contention, not that he wouldn't have been on the lead anyhow, uh, but uh, he uh, he kind of he kind of made sure that he was up there, and then Castellano uh, uh, took back and just kind of stayed off his hip. When it, they turned for home, he kicked out, and it was very, very impressive win. Uh, stay thirsty, I guess. You know, it's kind of like you used to watch the Smothers Brothers and, uh, you know, You'd always say, Mom likes you best. Well, it seems like Todd Pletcher always gave a little bit of favoritism to Uncle Mo is going to uh, start paying a little more attention to Stay Thirsty, who was very impressive. Again, a lot of people knocking him, saying he might be a horse for course. Uh, that was his third win at Saratoga. He likes New York, but uh, he also likes uh, a main track, and uh, the Breeders' Cup's going to be run on the dirt this year. Uh, so Pletcher's got a heavy hand. He could uh, he could sprint one of them and run the other one long, but Stay Thirsty wins the Midsummer Derby in very very impressive fashion. What's interesting is is uh, the wins by Stay Thirsty and Caleb's Posse meant that in the twelve Grade One races this year for three year olds, all twelve have been won by a different horse. So boy, you want to talk about parity in the division? Certainly. Uh, we're, we're talking about it when you're talking about your, your three-year-olds in here. Um, now we move the action out to Del Mar on the turf, the Del Mar Handicap. And this is one I hope you were watching uh, because it would definitely get your heart beating. Uh, Arnatique was hustled out of the gate, the Jer Jerry Hollendorfer trainee, and uh, set, set most of the pace. Right there was, was Victory Pete kind of breathing down his neck uh, with, uh, with Mr. Commons, uh, the three-year-old who was taking on older horses, running a very, very strong race. Uh, turning for home, it kind of looked like, uh, like Mr. Commons was going to get the best of it, but Joe Talamo, who's trying to get the, uh, the, the riding title there, uh, just did a fantastic job. Really, if you go back and look at it, I don't really see him tap Caracatado Anywhere during the race, it looks like a great hand ride. And as he did that, he got the horse in rhythm, got the head down, a great finish on the outside. Caracatado and Joe Talamo, 
very, very impressive. Also impressive, though, you got to uh, give some credit to Mr. Commons. Three-year-old taking on his elders looked awfully impressive. From there, we went to the Pat O'Brien Stakes. That's right, uh, seven furlongs, the Pat O'Brien. This uh, very well could have been uh, a prep for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. And uh, all I could say was a, a big, big race by by the factor. Uh, Smiling Tiger uh, was favored. He was in good position, but then he kind of flattened out. Uh, the the factor who you know was on the Derby trail hadn't raced since the Arkansas Derby. Uh, he had a hairline fracture of the ankle. Hats off to the care given to him by Bob Baffert, who brought him back. He came a couple bullets into this race, and uh, again, the uh, went went the early part in forty four and one. The factor moves inside Smiling Tiger. One only two fifths off the track record. The sprint in the Breeders' Cup is going to be very interesting this year, and. Uh, then we rounded it out uh, with uh, the granddaddy of them all out there at Del Mar, and that was the TVG Pacific Classic. And uh, this was a kind of a rider's race. Pat Valenzuela uh, put acclamation on the lead, and, and this is a horse that uh, really is not a main track horse. All seven of his career wins came on the turf. And uh looks like he was able to move his turf horse to the synthetics and put the horse on the lead and uh, was, was was pressured pretty much the whole way from Game On Dude, who really had just came back from putting out a great race against first dude in Twirling Candy uh, in the Hollywood Gold Cup. Uh, but uh, Acclamation and P-Vale just kind of paced them all. Uh, he won by a head. Uh, uh, over Twirling Candy, who put in a fantastic effort, and it was a new track record for the mile and a quarter at Del Mar. Where will he go? Will he go in the, the Breeders' Cup Classic? Uh, he's better on turf. He's got the Breeders' Cup turf. It'll be very interesting to see where trainer Don Warren decides to put acclamation at the end of the season. Well, that kind of wraps up our look at uh, national news and last week's races that we handicapped. Uh, we've got a good set of races that we're going to come up for you. Of course, just an amazing day uh, at Saratoga. Uh, the personal ensign, I believe it got rained out and got moved up a week. Uh, we're going to see that. Three grade ones. We're going to start with the grade one personal ensign invitational. Then we're going to move on to the seven furlong grade one four go. And then a very, very interesting race with a girl taking on the boys. This could have horse of the year implications in the mile and an eighth Woodard Stakes. So this is going to be uh, a very interesting handicapping challenge. And then at the end, the uh, we're going to go out to Del Mar with a wide, wide open race. Uh, the Del Mar debutante, another grade one, a quarter million up for grabs there. And don't forget, at the end, we've got Pete Aiello is going to break down the uh, All-American Futurity for us with the sprinters. So that's what's coming up. But what's coming up even better, one of my favorite people in this game, Michael Blowen. Let's take a little break, and we'll be back with an old friend. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, I'm glad you could be joining us uh, today. Uh, appreciated very much. This is one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk to somebody uh, that's not directly involved with, with maybe handicapping the horses, but one that has a great love of the horses. Uh, it, it's an individual that I've got the chance to know over the last couple of years, and his name is Michael Blowen. Uh, he's uh, the, the, the chief of Old Friends, uh, which is a Kentucky facility for retired thoroughbreds. Uh, just a fantastic uh concept uh and what's what's amazingly awesome is some of the horses that you can see and they do give tours uh, down at their farm uh the the likes of uh you know turf classic winner man of war winner uh sunshine forever who won over two million dollars and then you've got the flying walenda who won the the super derby and the pennsylvania derby he won over 1.2 million dollars and uh ogaijin who's just a just a fantastic classic horse from a great great family and with no further ado i bring to you michael blowen how are you doing very well john thank you so much well listen i'm glad you could be on i i my my when I told my sister Ellen you're gonna be on, she goes, You know, darn, that name is familiar, but I don't know where I know him from. Now she's not in the horse business, but she lives up in Boston. Can you Uh-oh. tell us a little bit about your past history with Beantown and how you got to the bluegrass? Well, you know, I uh for many, many years I wrote about the movies for the Boston Globe and my wife, Diane White, was a wonderful columnist at the Globe. And uh in two thousand three we moved down to Kentucky to start old friends. What was and, it uh, that got now the up your butt? I was around celebrities with the movies. Now I'm around bigger celebrities with these fabulous racehorses. <laughs> and they don't give you any lip unless it's to get a carrot. Exactly. Well, <laughs> one of the great things about being a movie critic is eventually everybody thinks you're wrong. <laughs> so you lower your expectations, and, and, and it gives you the courage to go on because... Uh, because if you're only right a few a few times out of a hundred, you feel great about yourself. <laughs> well, I can tell you that's very similar to the life of a public handicapper. 
isn't it? I know, it's brutal. I'm glad you didn't call me for my tips. You know, it's funny <laughs> talking about the factor. You know, we have Tinner's Way here, and he won the Pacific Classic twice. And uh, we had Precisionist here, and, of course, he was Breeders Cup Sprint Champion and also in the Hall of Fame. And we still have Gulch, and he won the Breeders Cup Sprint. So, you know, we have a lot of great old-timers here that are just excited when people come to visit and feed them carrots and have some fun. Well, uh, th- there's a there's a breaking story that that's only 24 hours old uh, about uh, a horse that's now with you, though no longer with us. But just a fantastic story. Currently interred at Old Friends is Noor. Paint that picture for us. Well, Noor is an, was an amazing horse. He beat Citation four times. Um, he was he was Charles Howard's second favorite horse. He always lived in the shadow of Seabiscuit. But nevertheless, he was buried at the Howard Farm up in Northern California. And uh, when they sold the farm and it was scheduled for development, a very uh, tough lady with a single-minded purpose decided that uh, it would be undignified for Noor to be part of this new development and she worked very hard uh, with the planning and zoning people, with the local developer, with the Howard family and their descendants to get Noor moved before they could put up the parking lot. And she called several organizations, I guess, and met with some kind of uh, barriers because there were all kinds of rules about where you could bury horses, et cetera, et cetera. But when she called me, I was so excited because I remembered Noor. I never got to see him race, but I knew who he was because I'd seen films of his races up at the Hall of Fame in Saratoga. So uh, we, I called the Hall of Fame, and we talked about Noor, and what eventually came about is that Charlotte decided that she would send him to all friends. We could bury him here, and now we've become the official uh, cemetery for the National Museum of Racing and Hall of Fame in Saratoga Springs. And not only do we have Noor, but in a few weeks, I think we're going to move Skipaway over uh, from Hopewell Farm. We got permission from Rick Trance and Carolyn Hine to do that. So that, uh, we're that, planning to build a, a cemetery here so that people can come and pay their respects to these great old champions. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing that I wanted to know is where uh, tell people about how they can a gain access to your farm about the tours and of course obviously um you can't do it for free we've got to have fundraisers we've got to have money Uh, you know how just you know describe if i came to your farm tomorrow morning what would i see and how would i be treated i'll be well we have fabulous volunteer tour guides that are really really knowledgeable about these horses and have a great time showing people around um it's, I think even though I live here and even though I see these horses every day, I still get a thrill. So you'll get to feed, you know, you get to feed carrots to horses such as Gulch. Uh, we just got afternoon delights coming up from uh, Louisiana. Uh, we have marquetry here, of course, who won the Hollywood Gold Cup and a lot of other really nice races. Uh, commentator won the Whitney twice. I mean, you get to see these really wonderful racehorses and, and get up close and personal with them. And, uh, you know, when I was covering the movies, I never got that excited about movie stars, but I'm totally in awe and starstruck by these horses. <laughs> I love it. I never thought I'd have horses like this in my yard. 
you know, years ago I went to Saratoga, I think it was 1995, and I saw a wad run against Kiri's Clown in the sword dancer, and I couldn't get a seat. And and uh, and for years they were in my yard together, and unfortunately we just lost the wad a few months ago, but he was a marvelous horse. Kiri's Clown's still here, but it's amazing to me that I can get up every day and see these amazing athletes. You know, I, I did, uh, I'll digress here for a second. Uh, when I was... Uh... Looking at your website today, I noticed a lot of links to Noor, and people can actually go up there and and see some of uh, some of his races. Now, while they're on their website, uh, is there anything they can do to kind of help you out, pay the hay bill? Oh, sure. Um, you know, we accept we accept donations. Of course, we're a we're a uh, nonprofit. We're a five hundred one c three. We had the IRS here a few months ago, and. They did a three-day audit. We passed with flying colors, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> so the the money that people contribute goes directly to the horses, and we're very, very proud of that. Uh, so anybody who would like to contribute to Old Friends, our website is oldfriendsequine.org. If you'd like to call and make a reservation for a tour, we're in, it's 502-863-1775. And we're looking forward to seeing everybody on Monday at River Downs because every year when we go up to River Downs, we just have a ball on Labor Day. And I'm looking forward to meeting one of my favorite horses of all time, Cat Launch, who is the kind of... I, I love to hear that. I can't believe that you know who horse. Cat Launch I'm, I'm totally in love with this horse, and I can't wait to meet him. Well, for, for our listeners out there, uh, Cat Launch is a 10-year-old accredited Ohio bred who so far this year has won three stakes races, and when he won the, the last race, he became a millionaire. And, and I think what it is is it, it goes to show that if horses are well cared for, their races spaced, uh, they've got good uh, you know, veterinary care, and trainers and owners that are passionate about the sport and wanting to keep them together, uh, that, that a horse like him can make a million dollars, and he's a state bred. He's unbelievable, you know, and he has been well taken care of. And, you know, the trainer knows where to put him and knows where he can win races, and the horse is confident, and I, I think it's just amazing. And it, it's one of the things that really makes this sport such a, 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 marvelous, a, a marvelous sport. Absolutely, and I can tell you everybody associated with that horse, owner, breeder, Ron Fields, uh, uh, Kim Williams and his wife Lori that raised the horse uh, on their farm. As a matter of fact, I visited there on Tuesday, um, right up to Albert Palacios, who sad to say passed away. And but his assistant Ivan Vasquez took over. You want to just talk about class? Every one of those people's class, and every one of those people cares about the horse first. It wasn't about making a million dollars. And you know who would have expected an accredited Ohio bred to be coming home with a paycheck like that? But and it is class. And the thing is, you're going to get to see not only cat launch, but we've got another great. Story Story here at River Downs, uh, a horse called Eagle Time. That, according to our records, he's the first 14-year-old <laughs> to win a race here, and he's quite a story. He's a, he won the Texas Derby back when he was a three-year-old, and now he's 14. And uh, you'll be there. We're going to have a, a, a real carrot cake for him. That's his favorite treat. So you'll get to see <laughs> Eagle Time, who at 14 is still sound and still winning races. I think it's fabulous. You know, they are amazing athletes, and sometimes with all the excitement and everything, you lose track of the fact that without them we have nothing. So, you know, I had a dream one day that 
you know, what would happen if these horses decided to take the route of the NBA and the NFL and go out on strike? You know, where would we be? We'd really be in trouble. But they don't. They always show up every day, and they, they give their hearts and souls for us, and this is the least we can do to take care of them. Yeah, and not only do they show up, so do those people that, that love and care for them. You know, uh, th- there's, there's no day off on the backstretch. There's no day off on a farm. Uh, you know, th- th- they're, they're standing there at the stall, as you know, and they're waiting for you to come to turn them out, clean their stall, let them get turned out in the pasture, or in this case, give them a gallop around the track. And, uh, you know, I, I, as, as much as uh, I can say something about these trooper horses, I have to give a lot of credit to, to people like yourself and everybody that works on your farm and, and all the people that work on the backstretch uh, that care so much about these animals. Absolutely, John. That's absolutely true. You know, and these horses are funny. If you are two minutes late, you get yelled at. Mark, <laughs> if I'm two minutes late in the morning, he starts screaming at me, where is my food? It's unbelievable. And you're right. You know, I started at the back. Uh, working on the backside at Suffolk Downs as a, as, as a groom when I was still at the Globe. Really? And, uh, and I really adore the people that take care of these every day. The, the people that get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and they take care of horses that maybe aren't going to be millionaires that are, that are just going to put out every, you know, Wednesday and Thursday at Suffolk Downs and, 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 and River Downs and, and Thistle Downs and all these other tracks all around the country that don't necessarily get the, notoriety that they get at Del Mar and at Saratoga and at Keeneland and, and places like that. But it, but it takes just as much effort, in fact, more effort, to get a $3,500 claimer ready than it does a stakes horse. A- absolutely, it does. Well, Michael, listen, uh, thanks so much uh, for, uh, for spending some time with us and kind of painting the picture uh, of what, what old friends, uh, the facility for retired thoroughbreds is. I do want to remind all of our listeners, if you happen to be, if you're coming in for the Derby or something like that, uh, call ahead of time and set up a tour at Old Friends. You're going to get to be around these uh, amazingly famous uh, racehorses, uh, and uh, Michael will make sure that uh, they're very accessible to you, won't you? I will indeed, John. I can't wait. I can't wait to see you on Monday. Well, that, that feeling is mutual. So for anybody that's anywhere near Cincinnati and you're looking for a great time on Labor Day, we're going to have a super carb. But better than that, you're going to get to meet Michael. You're going to get to meet uh, Eagle Time, Cat Launch, and, and just have a wonderful Labor Day time at uh, Cincinnati's racetrack, River Downs. And with that, Michael, I'll let you go. Thanks for being on, my friend. Oh, thank you, John. Uh, best of luck, and uh, thanks, thanks to everybody for caring so much about these great old athletes. <laughs> Most excellent. All right, coming up next, it's going to be one of the better handicappers on the other side of the Mississippi, and that's one Rich Ng is going to join us, and we're going to break down the big races that are coming up this weekend. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We greatly do appreciate it. Uh, this is the time of the show where we kind of get our teeth into some handicapping. I've had some sensational guests uh, over the last few weeks, and uh, no less is the one I'm about to introduce you to. Uh, Mr. Rich Ng, he's uh, the turf writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, he writes for the Daily Racing Forum. And like I said, he's the, the author of a book that was inspired by me, Handicapping for Dummies. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Rich Ng. Hey, John, we are old friends, and I know you're no dummy, but uh, I thought it was a book that was uh, necessary to kind of build a bridge for newcomers to try to get interested in horse racing. Dummy's brand, very highly regarded. So any newcomer, any newcomers uh, out there or, or people who know about newcomers, uh, I, I recommend it. Betting on horse racing for dummies at all bookstores. Yeah, and you know, I want to remind people. You said you said the Dummies brand. It looks just like the other, you know, computers for dummies, cars for dummies. So it's easy to find as far as physically looking for it, right? Oh, absolutely. It's part of that brand. Uh, it's got that funny little guy with the crew cut, and uh, you know, it's got the black and white cover. And uh, you know, I think it's a real compliment to horse racing that they uh, that the Dummies people thought that this was a worthwhile subject to write about. They only pick about eighty subjects a year to write, John. And so, uh, actually, this was done back in two thousand five, and uh, it's done very well. And I, I think uh, a lot of people have been introduced to the sport through that. So, while I look upon every sale not as a, a profit margin, but as a, an introduction of a new fan of horse racing, you got to build them one by one sometimes. So, every time I see a book come off the shelf, I, hopefully, I, I feel like I've done my job to try to to build a, a larger fan base for the sport. Well, you did do your job because I know I've got my autograph copy, and that's the whole thing. You know, so much we talk about, you know, fan education, and it can be an intimidating sport, and you really kind of you break it down for somebody. You, you make it so the first time they come to the track, they got a little bit of grasp of what's going on. Yeah, that, that, that's true, John. I appreciate that. But you know, the Dummies brand. Uh, when you go into a project like that, they tell you first out that you have to write from page one as if the person reading the book has zero knowledge about the subject. So um, I can't tell you how many times I would send in chapters 
and they'd come back to me all marked up saying, I still don't get it. <laughs> and you really have to break things down so that someone with no knowledge of that subject, in this case horse racing and, and handicapping, can uh, pick it up and, and uh, hopefully I could just hold someone's hand and, and guide them through the process and, and teach them something about our great game. So if any of our horse fans out there are trying to get their boyfriend or their girlfriend involved, keep an eye out for, for Rich's book. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Rich, what's the, how's the landscape in Las Vegas right now? What's it like? Uh, do, do people pay half as much attention to, uh, to the, 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 the race books as, as they do the casinos? Oh, yeah. You know, horse racing is still extremely popular out here. Um, I, I love the fact that I, I still have a job writing for a newspaper. As, as you well know, John, the uh, newspaper business is not doing great, and a lot of uh, horse, a lot of really talented horse racing writers no, are no longer with uh, their papers. But uh, here in Vegas, the fact that uh, in Nevada we have uh, more than you know seventy-five race books, uh, most of them here in, uh, in, Nevada, in uh, Las Vegas, uh, but also some in Laughlin, Reno, stuff like that. There's a lot of people who follow horse racing, and, and that's a very strong part of our coverage at the Purdue Journal. So I'm real happy to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, John, if you just add up the number of people that it, that go to the race books every single day, you know, we're probably the, the most popular racetrack in the country every single day because the numbers really add up. So it's it's still extremely popular right here. Uh, you, you know, you know, I, as a guy that loves this game and wants to be in it forever, I love hearing those words. Um <laughs> Yes. What I'm going to do now is call out, I don't know, now, do you give any selections out in, in the paper, or are you doing any radio shows at the moment? Well, I do uh, handicapping in Southern California uh, five days a week, uh, four days a week, depending on the schedule at Del Mar, Hollywood Park, and Santa Anita. So, yeah, I'm in the paper every day, and my, my column, uh, once a week column, runs every Friday, and uh, listeners, John, they can pick it up off the website at lvrj.com. In fact, they can download all my work on a daily basis off the website. It's free, and uh, I know a lot of people do because if for some reason the webmaster hasn't put my stuff up, uh, my sports editor gets a lot of nasty emails. So that's good. All my stuff's available wherever you are in the country or the world. Well, that's good. Well, I'm going to have to lean on you when we handicap our last race big time for the Del Mar Debutante. But what do you say we start back uh, for what's going to be a very huge day at Saratoga? We're talking back-to-back-to-back Grade one races, uh, nothing, nothing but quality in here. Um, we're going to start with the uh, classic distance, a mile and a quarter, the personal ensign invitational. It's a grade one for fillies and mares. Uh, did anybody float to the top for you? Well, I know this was the race they were hoping to get uh, the two great mares, uh, fillies. I mean, have the grace and uh, blind luck together. Uh, without either of those in the race, uh, the race kind of uh, trickle down to, to, to six. Um, the favorite is the two, Ask the Moon, who went wire to wire as an upset winner of the Ruffian. Uh, and it's ironic that uh, they were able to claim this horse for $75,000 three races ago, and now they win a great one stakes. Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, if I, I, I look at this race and try to the, the beat a horse like that who won at a big price, I, I think the class horse is the number three, uh, Achatic. I'm not sure if I said that. Uh, Right, John. But anyway, this horse, uh, running on dirt for the first time, this horse has a lot of grade one and group one listings on uh, her pedigree, her resume. So uh, the, the main question with the three is if she handles dirt, uh, whether she does or not, but if she if she does take to the dirt at Saratoga, she's got a ton of back class. So interesting long shot in the race. She's nine to two in the six-horse field. 
Yeah, you're kind of looking over my shoulder here. You know, the other thing is, you know, they say never ask a horse to do something that's done. Well, you, 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 this uh, patch attack or whatever you want to call it, uh, it is <laughs> kind of a, makes that a real tough dichotomy because it the surface is a question. You don't know if it can win on the surface, but you do know this horse can run a mile and a quarter. Four starts has never been off the board at a mile and a quarter, a, a race that none of the horses in this field have run. Yeah, and, you know, a mile and a quarter uh, is a tough marathon distance. At the last part of the race, you pretty much have to grind because a lot of the pedigrees really aren't, uh, aren't you know, uh, fit for going that uh, distance of ground. But the, the three uh, definitely... Uh, has handled a mile and a quarter multiple times, mostly on grass. If you take a look at the races uh, back in England, right. But, uh, the, the main question: she handles dirt. She's got the back class. Absolutely. Well, here now we're going to move on uh, to to the next race at seven furlongs. It's the Grade One Four Go, quarter million dollars up for grabs. And quite frankly, we're kind of dealing with a very similar situation here, Rich. I think in number two, Sydney's Candy. Surface is the question. Yeah, but, uh, you know, there is one angle that I think works in the handicapper's favor with the two Sydney's candies. There are uh, a lot of good examples of horses that have been racing predominantly on synthetic surfaces, uh, which he has in Southern California, and transferring that ability onto the onto the organic dirt. So I really think the move from uh, for the two-horse Sydney's candy will be a lot easier than the three that we talked about in the personal ensign. And I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, Sydney's candy is not favored, John, because you know I know this horse extremely well. This is a very, very talented colt, and now joining the Todd Pletcher barn, which is a, a plus also. I, in my mind, I would have thought this horse would have been favored in the morning line over the one Jackson Ben, who uh, finally won a race after about two years of, <laughs> of a, a, a winless streak. So, you know, I'm kind of surprised that the Jackson Bend is 5-2. to two. And uh, there is another horse, uh, John, that kind of jumps off the page at me. Uh, and I, I, it's an angle that I like a lot, especially at seven furlongs, the elongated sprint. I love the turnbacks. And the horse that uh, I'm talking about, John, is number eight, Regal Ransom. If you can uh, draw a line through the Stephen Foster where the horse kind of gave it up late, um, this horse is turning back in distance, has a lot of grade one experience, has two wins and two starts at Saratoga, and also uh, has a couple races at the distance. A uh, real sleeper horse to me is the eight Regal Ransom in the yeah. uh, Fargo. Look, looks like he's on his toes, too, with a bullet work there not long ago uh, at, at four furlongs. So uh, yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. think he's going to be one of the main competitors of the pace factor for for Sydney's candy in here. Yeah, and you see the big rider switch to Raymond Dominguez. I don't think I have to say anything about Raymond because people back east know about him. And I, I've written about him in, in prior columns. I, I really think he is the best jockey in the country. I, I, I love uh, watching. I love betting Raymond Dominguez because I know I get my money's worth every time. Well, you uh, you pretty much keyed in on the, on the on the three horses I like too. I, I guess with the question mark of Sydney's Candy, and I think it's going to get more action at the window. I might be leaning towards Jackson Ben. I know it went zero for eight last year, but it's back with Zito, and he seems to have worked some kind of magic with this horse. I, I like two things: the horse is undefeated at seven furlongs, and is undefeated at Saratoga. And the one thing you do see is horses that like the spa like the spa. Well, that, that goes uh, the same for the eight, John. Regal Ransom, two for two. There but, you, you go. Know, one thing about Jackson, he right finally there. won that race, uh, the James Marvin. Uh, this obviously is a much, much tougher race and field than uh, he, he faced that day. 
Well, l- let's move on to, to what's going to be, I think, m- perhaps the most interesting race of the weekend, and that is going to be the grade one Woodard Stakes at a mile and an eighth. You talked earlier about Arv de Grasse, if you, I'm pronouncing that right, or, or Harvey de Grace, depending on what bar you hang out at. Uh, you know, this horse is, is trained by Larry Jones, who's a guy who, by the way, won his first race at a little old track called River Downs, I'll have you know. Oh, and, uh, my. It, it, it's the Philly taking on the boys, and, you know, uh, Blind Luck's not in there. And mm-hmm. should she win this race, you got to start thinking of her in terms of, uh, you know, Zenyatta uh, or, or, or another Philly winning horse of the year. Yeah, I, I really think that's what the long-term thoughts are for Larry Jones to run in this spot is, you know, winning the personal ensign really won't make that much difference in her resume because she is certainly one of the best fillies in the country. But if uh, she was able to pull off a, a major coup like the Woodward, uh, like Rachel Alexandra did uh, a couple of years ago, now we're talking horse of the year, not just division leader. We're talking horse of the year. So, And, and you know, and if for whatever reason, if, if she did not win the race on Saturday, uh, but she ran well. You know, I think uh, a lot of the voters for the Eclipse Award will not hold that against her because uh, this is a this is a big step up. And uh, you know, I tip my hat to Larry Jones uh, in his case, uh, Cowboy Head. But uh, he's really he's rolling the dice, and uh, I think you got to like that in a trainer. Yeah, you, you do, and he's such a class act. And what's interesting is, you know, uh, we we talk about what I said earlier: horses that like Saratoga, like Saratoga. She didn't win at Saratoga, but she lost by a neck in the Alabama last year to blind luck. That's no disgrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the two that have been going the tooth and nail at one another, and blind luck's getting a, just a brief vacation, and uh, and then uh, we'll come back and prep for the Breeders' Cup. But uh, this is a tough spot. Uh, you know, if, if she wins, uh, you mentioned the right name of, of a horse. She probably would, would start being mentioned in the same sentence would be uh, Zenyatta. Uh, Zenyatta won the Breeders Cup Classic uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, certainly her unbeaten streak was just marvelous to see. Lost to blame in, the, in a very, very exciting finish in the Breeders Cup Classic, John. So, um, you know, this is really a, a big test. Um, and personally, as a handicapper, though, uh, she's 8 to 5 in the morning line, and if she goes off at that price or lower, um, you know, as a handicapper, uh, you probably uh, would be better suited to try to to try to beat her because uh, there's really no value uh, for her trying to do something like this at that, that kind of price. Well, I'm kind of looking at, at Rule as the horse that might do that, and of course, flat out's a threat, five to two. Yeah, you know, flat out uh, in my mind makes a lot of sense because uh, you know when I analyzed the last two races uh, that flat out ran, winning the Suburban at Belmont, then running second to Tisway and uh, the Whitney, uh, you, you take a look at the pace of the races. And flat out was able to get an honest pace in the suburban, then run right over the top of those horses. And in the Whitney, it was a much slower paced race. They went a half in 49, uh, six furlongs and 13 and four. I really think the pace is going to be a lot faster in this race, uh, the Woodward. And I think Todd Pletcher actually uh, holds the keys to probably making the pace faster. He's got an uncoupled entry in the four rule and the two mission impassable. And I kind of suspect, John, that if he does a a, a tandem uh, uh, act against the six, Aubrey de Grace, that uh, maybe someone like Wool will go out and make sure the pace is honest, and uh, he'll have the two mission impassable just sit back a little bit and try to come on late. But uh, regardless, I think with the strategy, the pace should be faster, which will help a closure like the seven flat out. 
Well, I'm still going to be rooting for the Philly and Larry Jones because for a guy like you, I know that's going to make your storyline a lot easier for writer, writing it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great angle. Well, very interesting to watch. Well, we're going to move on out uh, kind of to your neck of the woods, and uh, mm-hmm. it's the 61st running of the uh, Del Mar Debutante, uh, a race that uh, horses like Half Bridled, Sweet Catamine, Starbound, Stardom Bound all won the Breeders' Cup after winning this race. Um, I This race is just so wide open, I, I don't know where to go, so of course I'm going to lean on you. I'm pretty just liking all the horses on the outside. Well, this is this is a very interesting race, uh, you know, drawing 10. And uh, there's kind of three horses that kind of bob their heads up uh, immediately for me, uh, John, starting with the outside horse, Dreamcaster. I know when she made her debut, uh, you know, Bob Baffert has all these great pedigree babies uh, that he debuts at Del Mar, and each one after the next is the world's fastest two-year-old. And, you know, some of them do it and some of them don't. Uh, Dreamcaster uh, was one of those, and if you look at the Odds that she was bet down to six to five favorite in her debut. Um, she won by two and a quarter. It was kind of deceptive. I, I, I thought she won with something left in the tank. So in my mind, uh, she is the horse to beat in this field because she should. Uh, I think she'll improve off that race. And she's got the great uh, pedigree too to to also improve a Bernardini uh, filly. So uh, distance should not be a problem for this Bob Baffert filly. As far as a couple other horses, I'm looking at John. Uh, they are the five and the six. The five is Silent Saga. Myung Kwan Cho is someone who, who may not be familiar with uh, horse players and horse fans on the East Coast, but he's a he's an interesting character. He's a, a Korean businessman. Even though the horses uh, run under his name, he does own them. But he, in, in all honesty, he does not train them. He, he has a, a very fine assistant who who does train these horses, and he always comes up, you know, with a nice horse once in a while that that really just. Uh, really uh, puts him into the limelight. And, and I remember this horse's uh, victory uh, on uh, August 14th. Uh, this horse, this filly, showed a lot of ability, John. So uh, even though it's a Myung Kwan Cho, uh, certainly uh, I think a horse to throw in, not to throw out as far as your ex- exotics for the race. And then uh, the sixth horse, We Miss Frankie. Uh, if you get a chance to watch the replay, uh, this horse, uh, you wouldn't have bet five cents for her chances at the eighth pole. And she just ended up running over the top of that field and getting up in the literally the final strides. Uh, if the pace is too fast, uh, I really think that uh, she's going to be a late factor. Um, it's kind of tough to ask uh, to uh, sometimes run late to, because you know sometimes you're at the mercy of pace, just like we were talking about uh, with Flat Out and uh, the Woodward. Sometimes you're at the mercy of pace and they don't go fast enough to set you up. But if uh, things melt down, uh, the six we miss Frankie's going to come barging in late. Well, you mentioned your favorite jockey. This one has another Riverdowns graduate, Rafael Bayarano, up, who is probably my favorite jockey right now in, in, in a national uh, state. The, the horse I think is kind of a mystery horse in here, Rich, is Woe Be Gone. This horse came out and broke its maiden with an 84 buyer figure, wire to wire, and then came back in the land of Lucy Stakes, contested the pace for a little bit, and then kind of backed out. I, I noticed that, that Pete Miller, the trainer, is going to take blinkers off. Uh, and I'm just wondering if he's thinking that maybe something happened in the land of Lucy where this horse kind of lost attention after they went by her. Well, you know, I, actually, when, when I looked at her, and I'm certainly familiar with her, John, I, I really thought that maybe she came back a little too close 
to that big maiden win because she ran her maiden special victory on the 26th of June, came back on the 16th of July, and if I do math in my head, that's about three weeks, uh, 21, 22 days, and that might have been a little quick, and then she she might have you know bounced. Uh, that's a term handicappers use for horses that uh, regress off a big effort, but if she runs back to that maiden win. Uh, yeah, she's she's a player, and uh, if she's a square price, uh, you got to think about her. So, uh, and Peter Miller's been red hot too. That's a that's a positive for you if you like her. Yeah, well, again, I said I kind of like the outside horses. We got uh, you know this uh, a Killer Graces. Quite frankly, has had the uh, uh, experience as far as uh, graded stakes horses, but this is a wide, wide open race. I might just play my area code. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting, and you know, a lot of times uh, I know what I like to do, especially when I'm uh, playing in my home office, and I have the computer where I can look at the pools. I'll, I always like to see who's taking action, and, uh, and one thing I take a look at, John, I like to look at the in quote hidden pools because we can all see the win prices, the win odds, but I like seeing the probables and doubles and pick threes. That's a lot of hidden money, and if you see horses that are live underneath, uh, that can lead you to a lot of live long shots. So. Uh, that's uh, that's the kind of thing though that you can't figure out until a day of. Well, I, I love listening to this, and I'm sure our listeners do too. On WinningPonies.com, great angles, Rich. Always great to hear your voice, and uh, quite frankly, I'm going to be ringing this number up quite a few times over the next few months. Say hi to Sandy for me, will you? Oh, I will do, John. Uh, I look forward to the next time. And the, for those betting uh, Del Mar, as we were talking, they ran the last race at Del Mar, big price horse won. Carry over in the pick six tomorrow of 97000 at Delmar. So good luck, everybody. I love to hear that because winningponies.com has the equipment that will get you the winner. Also, Rich, now that you're gone, I'm going to lean in on a guy. Uh, we call him the Round Mound of Sound. He's a mellow fellow. He's the track announcer at River Downs and Hialeah. His name is Pete Aiello. Pete, are you with me? I'm with you. How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing great. We've just had a, a fantastic show. We're, we're going to have a great day here on Labor Day Monday. Michael Blowen uh, was just, uh, you know, so upbeat about coming here for the fundraiser for old friends. Of course, an old friend of mine, Rich Ng, used to re- work across the river, and uh, we had a lot of good times together. And, of course, I still have a lot of good times together with you. But, as you know, I know a lot about some things, but I don't know a lot about some things, and that's quarter horse racing, and that's why I'm calling you out. This, uh, what, what's coming up on Labor Day, tell us about it. Basically, for quarter horses, it's their Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually the richest race for two-year-olds of any breed. So that includes uh, uh, thoroughbreds and harness horses. Well, what, what's the $4 million purse this year, a record for the All-American futurity. Uh, purse breakdown is a little different, so it's $1.2 million to the winner. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, Pete, when I, when I, you know, we have quarter horse racing here, and I know that you have a lot of it down at, down at Hialeah, I, I got to think that, that, now this is me, that it's basically all about the trip, that it's about the break. But I've actually heard you say that some quarter horses are closers. Uh, tell me, how do you approach this? Uh, well, you know, a lot of it is about the break, John. You're absolutely right about that. But, uh, you know, the, as fast as they are going, they do actually have gears. Um, and there are horses that do their best running from off the speed, and there's horses that are very good at braking and get their advantage off of the brake and then just try to hold that advantage through the stretch. Um, from looking at the qualifiers for this year's All-American, there doesn't appear to be a whole lot of margin for error for anybody. 
Uh, we're looking at the fastest qualifier in Ochoa, who went down there in 21 and 7 one hundredths, whereas the third fastest qualifier is only 8 one hundredths of a second slower than that. And again, that's the third fastest, not even the second fastest. So, uh, and just, it, it is really analogous to the Kentucky Derby in the sense that these horses have not run their best race. They're trying to peak at the right time, and certainly with $2.4 million on the line, they're trying to peak on Monday. Absolutely they are. Now, when you bring together this many horses that are one-hundredths of a second apart from each other, how the heck do you approach your handicapping? Uh, well, you know, I, I was brought up in the dog racing world, as sir, I'm for sure some of the viewer listeners out there remember, and uh, a lot of the, uh, the brake-type handicapping from dog racing is certainly applicable to quarter horses in the sense that if you have a horse that is a very quick breaker, uh, traditionally you'd want to be drawn inside or outside because then you only have one horse next door to you. Whereas if you're a horse that likes to come from off the speed, you actually want to be drawn next to horses that are quick breakers. The logic is, is as long as they do their job and break quickly, then your horse will get away slipstream, if you will, and be able to sit off of the speed horse and get to launch their attack late. Um, but it is a lot of about the start of the race, and uh, the favorite Ochoa drew the nine-hole, uh, which uh, the, the owner of the horse has gone on record as saying that if it does rain in Rio Doso, he very much likes the nine-hole. Traditionally in uh, Rio Doso Downs in New Mexico, the outside portion tends to play a lot better when there's rain in the racetrack. So if nothing else, if you don't take anything else away from this segment as far as the All-American goes, if it rains on Monday, bet the outside. <laughs> well, Pete, I've only got about a, about a minute left here. As you break down the race, I know you're familiar with the trainers and the, the competition. In about 30 seconds, why don't you give me your top three? Uh, well, I'm actually going to go with Big Daddy Cartel on top. Paul Jones seems to be the man in the quarter horse business nowadays. He did qualify, too. This is the less fancied of the two. This is a horse that only lost one race, and that was in the Rainbow Futurity. The Rainbow Futurity and quarter horse world is probably like the Preakness. They kind of do their triple crown backwards. Uh, so he's only lost being in the Preakness, if you will. I'll go with Big Daddy Cartel. He did win his trial heat. Uh, the jockey of Big Daddy Cartel in the trials, Jackie Martin, is actually riding the favorite, but we do get an ample substitute. Uh, also want to take, uh, take note of Ochoa. He is going to be the favorite for trainer Sleepy Gilbreth. Sleepy, of course, is uh, well-known in the quarter horse world campaigning, a forego-like campaigner in refrigerator. So look for Big Daddy Cartel and Ochoa in the All-American Futurity. Coming from you, I will, Pete, because I've seen you cash many a bet on these sprint races. Uh, you are an expert in that area, and I certainly appreciate you uh, being on WinningPonies.com. It's been a it's been a great show. Uh, we've got uh, you know, Pete Aiello helping us with the quarter horses. Of course, uh, Rich Ng, a very well respected handicapper, uh, helping us with the races from uh, Saratoga and, and Del Mar, and, and Michael Blowen, who is just uh, a wonderful altruistic person that is a, a big impact to the thoroughbred breed and what, he, what he's doing with the old friend's retirement uh, facility is just fantastic. What like I said, if you're within the sound of my voice uh, and you're in the Cincinnati area, please stop by and see us on Labor Day. Well, it went awful fast and uh, I uh, enjoyed every moment of it, breaking down the races with you and sharing our love of thoroughbred racing. So, once again, from high atop the grandstand, overlooking Looking the turf course to the Ohio River with the hills of Kentucky behind. I'm John Engelhart for Winning Ponies. 
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.